0: Welcome to More Than Medicine, where Jesus is more than enough for the ills that plague our culture and our country. Hosted by author and physician, Dr. Robert Jackson. Papa, can you tell me a story? Do you really want me to tell you a story? (laughs) Well, you go get your brother and your sisters, and I will tell you a story. Welcome to Devotions with Dr. Papa. Well, I'd like to begin by reading a passage of Scripture that's been very intriguing to me over time, and it comes from Luke chapter 7. Now, one of the Pharisees was requesting him to dine with him, and he entered the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. And there was a woman in the city who was a sinner. And when she learned that he was reclining at the table in the Pharisee's house, she brought an alabaster vial of perfume. And standing behind Jesus at his feet, weeping. She began to wet his feet with her tears and kept wiping them with the hair of her head and kissing his feet and anointing them with the perfume. Now, when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would know who and what sort of person this woman is who is touching him, that she is a sinner. And Jesus answered him, Simon, I have something to say to you. And he replied, Say it, teacher. A moneylender had two debtors, one who owed 500 denarii and the other 50. Whenever they were unable to repay, he graciously forgave them both. So which of them will love him more? Simon answered and said, I suppose the one whom he forgave more. And he said to him, You have judged correctly. Turning toward the woman, he said to Simon, But he who is forgiven little loves little. Then he said to her, Your sins have been forgiven. Those who were reclining at the table with him began to say to themselves, Who is this man who even forgives sins? And he said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. May the Lord add his blessing to this reading from the word of God. Now, let me start by telling you about three separate patients that I have had over time. One was a man who was working on an electrical outlet in his home. He failed to turn off the electrical power, and his screwdriver touched the electrical power. It shocked him, and it created an arrhythmia in his heart. He walked into the next room and then suddenly died. His family did not realize what had happened until the next day when they found his screwdriver lying on the floor by the exposed electrical outlet. I had another patient who worked for a power company, and he accidentally touched a high voltage wire, and it electrocuted him instantly. And then I had a third patient who was struck by lightning, and he died instantly. Now, all three of these patients were men. All three of them were affected by varying degrees of electrical current. One, a household AC current, one by a high-voltage power line, and another by the enormous electrical power of lightning. But all three were equally dead. Now, let me tell you another instance. I know a story of a young man who lied to his mother. I also know of a politician who lied to his entire constituency in his district. And we all know a president who lied to the entire nation. You see, all three of these were equally wrong in all situations. All three situations were equally sinful. Now, the Bible tells us that the penalty for sin is death. Now, these three men, their sin was of a different magnitude. One lied to his mother. One politician lied to the constituents in his district, and the president lied to the entire nation. Their sins were of a different magnitude, but all were equally wrong, equally sinful, and all three of these men were equally dead in their sin. Depravity is a word that theologians use to describe the sinful condition of man— But that word does not tell us um, how bad we are. It simply tells us how bad off we are. And we are all depraved because we are all spiritually dead. How bad off are we? Well, you answer the question. How bad off are we if we are all spiritually dead? How bad off are we when we are dead in our trespasses and sins. Now, let me ask you a question. Who really comprehends this? Who gets this? I've had the privilege of worshiping in prisons with prisoners who have been born again into the kingdom of God. And I will submit to you that prisoners who have been born again who've been forgiven much, just like the woman in this parable, their worship is unfettered, unrestrained. It is certainly not dignified. Their worship is loud, boisterous, and full of joy. And more than that, these born-again prisoners talk about Jesus everywhere they go. They comprehend their previous depravity. They understand how much they have been forgiven. And because of this, they love much, they rejoice much, they worship much, they shout the loudest, and they evangelize much. He who is forgiven. Much loves much. You see, the woman in this story that we've just read in the Bible understood this. In this story, she is the one who worshiped Jesus. She stood, she she knelt at his feet. She washed his feet with her tears. She wiped his feet with her hair. She put this expensive perfume on his feet. And who did not? Well, Simon. Simon was a religious leader. He was arrogant. He was self-righteous. He was a religious man. And he, he, he socially offended Jesus by not offering him water for his feet, as was the social custom. He didn't offer him oil for his head, as was the social custom. And yet this woman who was a sinner, who recognized her depravity, came in and washed his feet with her tears and her hair. And Simon was offended by this woman's exhibition of her love for Jesus. Simon did not love much. And he did not comprehend that kind of worship. He really didn't comprehend his own depravity. And that's why Jesus said to him, He who is forgiven much, loves much. And how can you be forgiven if you don't even understand how spiritually dead you are? How much of a a depraved person you are? How much of a problem your personal sin is? Let me tell you who else gets this. Who else comprehends it? I've had the privilege to worship with pastors at pastors' conferences. Now, their worship is unrestrained. And is it because they have a criminal background like the prisoners in the prisons? Oh, no. It's because they understand the concept of depravity. They understand that they once were spiritually dead, but have now been made alive by the blood of Jesus. They understand that they once were spiritually blind, but now they have spiritual sight because God has imparted to them the ability to perceive spiritual truth. They understand that once they were in bondage to Satan and to sin, but Jesus has set them free. And their worship is unrestrained and full of joy. They understand how much they have been forgiven. So they love much, just like this woman, this sinful woman in this passage of Scripture. They rejoice much. They worship much. And these pastors evangelize much. They are the ones who talk about Jesus everywhere they go. Now, let me ask you another question. How many bullets does it take to kill a man? Does it take one or a (laughs) hundred? It only takes one well-placed bullet to kill a man. So let me ask you another question. How many sins does it take to spiritually kill a man? Does it take one or a hundred? How many sins does it take to cause him to be spiritually dead, depraved, and bound for hell? You see, the answer to that is the same. It only takes one. The penalty for sin is death. Now, I speak in churches all over the state of South Carolina, North Carolina, Georgia, occasionally in Florida. And most of the people that I speak to are very stoic, unemotional, and unmoved by the greatest good news of all time, that the blood of Jesus can wash us as white as snow. They are Simon the Pharisee, and they are bothered by emotional and exuberant worship. They are bothered by tears and genuine rejoicing. They are bothered by people who talk about Jesus outside of church. So when when do we understand how dead we were? When we understand how blind we were, how bound we were, and how much we've been forgiven? I submit to you that you and I will love much, we'll rejoice Much, our worship will be unrestrained, and we will evangelize much. So let me ask you a question. Who are you? Are you the forgiven woman, or are you Simon the Pharisee? Well, let's compare the two. Let's look at them. This woman had a fear of God. She didn't fear the people in Simon's household. She had no concern whatsoever about what they thought about her. But Simon, on the other hand, was motivated by the fear of man. You see, the Bible says that the fear of man brings a snare. And Simon was concerned about what the folks in the room with him thought about him. Whereas this woman was only concerned about what God thought about her. You see, Simon preferred dignified behavior, dignified worship. And this woman exhibited unrestrained worship of the Lord Jesus Christ, wetting his feet with her tears, wiping his feet with her hair, and pouring her most expensive perfume on his feet. Simon had a critical spirit. He was a prideful man, and he would have nothing to do with a woman who was a sinner, and yet Jesus, on the other hand, was a friend of sinners. And this woman exhibited a humble heart. Simon was self-righteous and arrogant. This woman, on the other hand, was forgiven by grace through faith. And Jesus said, woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Simon was unaware, completely unaware of his personal sin. He was blind his personal sin and this woman was grieved over her personal sin she had a broken and contrite spirit which the lord does not reject simon had an appearance of religion he was a pretender he invited jesus into his home because jesus was a rabbi a teacher a religious man And to impress his friends, Simon invited Jesus into his home. He was just a pretender. And yet this woman was a known sinner. She couldn't hide who she was. She couldn't pretend to be something other than what she was. Simon, on the other hand, had no love, no joy, and no real worship about him. This woman loved much. And her worship was extravagant. And she gave to Jesus her most precious gift, her real love, and her most expensive perfume. You see the difference between these two? So here's the question. Who are you? Are you Simon? Or are you you this forgiven woman? All of us have to ask ourselves this question. Is a brief brush with Jesus satisfy you each week are you like this forgiven woman where only an exuberant unrestrained worship pouring out your heart and soul to the lord jesus the only thing that satisfies you are you a person who knows that you've been forgiven much that once you were spiritually dead and now you've been made alive and that's completely changed your entire life just like this forgiven woman Have you been forgiven much? And do you love much? Do you worship much? Do you rejoice much? Do you evangelize much? Like this woman whose life was completely transformed by the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, you're listening to More Than Medicine. I'm your host, Dr. Robert Jackson. If you like what you hear, please like, follow, or share. And please tell your friends about devotions with Dr. Papa. And may the Lord bless you real good. Thank you for listening to this edition of More Than Medicine. For more information about the Jackson Family Ministry, Dr. Jackson's books, or to schedule a speaking engagement, go to their Facebook page, Instagram, or their webpage at jacksonfamilyministry.com. This podcast is produced by Bob Sloan Audio Production at bobsloan.com.